If only life were a straight path to our desired destination, wouldn't life be so much easier? Yeah, maybe. But those unexpected zigzags in our path teach us that life's tough struggles have greater purpose than we ever imagined. Stories and strategies are our focus for season four. Zigzag in One host, Melanie Brown, chats with courageous women who share their stories of encountering zigzags and how they fought to overcome them. Be assured, their stories will inspire and encourage you. But we know warm and fuzzy feelings aren't enough to equip you to fight those challenging zigzags in your path. So, this season, our guests are joining us for another episode to share strategies, mindsets, and habits that strengthened and empowered them during their toughest seasons. Join us in declaring, zigzags may interrupt our path, but they will not deter us. We will keep moving forward. Welcome to the Zigzag in One podcast. Our topic today is how to incorporate solitude into our lives. I believe making time to get away by yourself and enjoy the silence is the best strategy to combat the incessant noise of our world. Solitude is a strategy my guest Risa Owens practices that draws her closer to God and relieves her anxious thoughts when her life gets tough. If you don't already practice solitude, Reese's explanations of the benefits of solitude will have you carving out time ASAP to get away by yourself to enjoy some silence. I invite you to join my conversation with author, speaker, and friend, Risa Owens. Risa, I am so excited about having you back. Your story is just so powerful. If you didn't get to listen to Risa's story and you're just joining us for the first time, make sure you go back and listen to the previous episode so that you understand a little bit about the person that I'm interviewing. This is my friend Risa. We met at the Blue Lake Christian Writers Conference and we connected right away, but I especially enjoyed spending time with her once I learned her story. Uh, It impacts me as a person and as somebody who loves overcomers, but also because I'm a special ed teacher. And so maybe that gives you enough of a teaser that you'll go back and listen if you haven't already. But I invited Risa back because I wanted to hear more about one of the strategies that she has used throughout her life that has helped her when she is struggling or feeling overwhelmed. And so, Risa, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me back. I couldn't wait. Well, we're going to talk about your strategy. So we're going to start with defining the word solitude, because that is your strategy. And some people 
very much when I say that word are saying, yep, I know exactly what she means. And others, they've never practiced it, maybe are a little bit afraid of it. And so I want to define it. And then let's talk about this Merriam-Webster dictionary definition and see what your thoughts are about it. According to Merriam-Webster, solitude means the quality or state of being alone or remote from society or a lonely place. What are your thoughts, Risa? Well, I can relate to that because I am a type of person that I enjoy aloneness. I was once told by my very own daughter that I was one of those people that could do alone very well. But do you consider alone and a lonely place the same? Mm, No, there's places that you go to to be alone. Right. To seek out nature, to seek out God, to to be away from people, to seek out God. Mm -hmm. And there's a type of being alone with yourself that I also like. But I have a, I love solitude. And I, as an only child, I'm perfectly content being alone. Uh, I am a very outgoing, energetic person, but I enjoy my alone time just as much. I need it to recharge and rejuvenate. But that part of the definition, a lonely place, kind of rubs me a little bit wrong because I don't consider that lonely. Now, if I had to do it for long, long stretches of time, perhaps it could be a lonely place. But when I talk about solitude and how that's a practice of mine, uh, I don't do it for extended periods of time to the point where it would be lonely. What are your thoughts? No, I I think that would be, I don't think that's the correct definition, a lonely place. Myself, I go to a place without other people, but I don't really call it a lonely place because God is always there. He's everywhere. So it's not really a lonely place. So I I think um, Miriam got it wrong there. We'll just have to make sure and let her know. I know. <laughs> Those of us who are word nerds, we, we like our definitions. And so this yeah, is we, we want them right. <laughs> we want them right. We want them accurate. That's just not yes. accurate. Tell me where you like to practice solitude. There was a time when I felt God had abandoned me. And I just kind of walked out in the backyard and sit down on the little bench half back there and I just looked up into the sky. All of a sudden, the wind just started blowing, just real lightly. And I just, all of a sudden, I felt like God was wrapping his arms around me. He touched my face lightly. And all of a sudden, I knew that it was God. I knew I wasn't alone. And I could hear the rustling of the trees. And for a moment, I'm like, that's God speaking to me. And I like to go out into the wind into the wind. when it's blowing. And I like to feel God in the wind. And because I know he's there in the wind. And then there's other times I like when I'm near the beach, watch the waves crash onto the shore, 
Because mm-hmm. it reminds me of his awesome power. Yes. The power of God. And then if you just listen to the sound, you listen real close, you can hear his voice. And then there's the lakes. You can just stare out at the water on the lake in the stillness and see God everywhere in the sky, in the lake, in the trees. I mean, there's no end to seeing God in his creation. Yes. Even in a thunderstorm, he's there in the lightning. It does show different parts of his personality. Yes. The rain. I mean, my grandmother once told me that it was God crying. Oh, wow. Rain. And I, you know, I thought about that over the years. And, and so every time I see it rain, I think about God crying. So I just go to different places to find God in his creation, to seek him out, to talk to him. You mentioned something that I completely understand, but there may be some listeners who don't. Would you explain what you mean by that you heard God's voice? Well, a lot of people have told me when I say that, well, how do you hear God's voice? Well, it's not an audible voice. It's not like me and you talking. It's not like God. So, Arisa, this is what you need to do. It's it's a feeling that, you know, I feel like something I've been praying about and I've been wanting confirmation. And in that moment, all of a sudden I get that feeling of what I need to do. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of voice. Do you ever that, hear him not necessarily quote a Bible verse to you, but speak something that would so much reflect his word that you've read over the years in your Bible and he brings it to mind. Yes, I have. When I hear his voice, it's not necessarily the entire verse, but it may just be a section of a verse or even a word from a verse. It just completely attacks me in, so to speak, in my brain. It just comes with this energy and force that it just feels very much like he's pointing that out. I don't know if that's something that you've experienced. Yes, I've had that happen several times. That's kind of odd here months ago. It seems like everywhere as I turn, I kept seeing the same verse on signs. Seek God, seek God, seek God. I mean, everywhere. I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? (laughs) So I found my quiet place. Out in the yard, I opened up my Bible and I just sit there and looked at the trees until I felt like I was I was getting the revelation that I needed. Mm-hmm. I always go to God's, and I've written this several times or talked about it on my um, video blog about seeking God in His in His creation. Look to the sky. Look to everything that the flowers, the garden. You know. Anything that God has created, he will show us his glory. He will show us himself through his creation. That's where I always go. When you think about solitude, it always is accompanied by the word silence. Mm -hmm. And in our society, (laughs) 
there's just <laughs> not a lot of silence. It's just noisy with social media and with yes. the news and with people talking. And it's just, it's just noisy. The idea of solitude, of going off to a place where you can be by yourself, not so that you can be lonely, because um, as you said, God is there with you. And so you can't be lonely if God's there with you. It's challenging to be silent. How do you go about making time to be silent? You won't necessarily hear from God as soon as you sit down or as soon as you take a walk. Uh, It takes time. So how do you discipline yourself, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, to, to be silent and not try to like do during that solitude? It's hard. It is very hard. During those times, I just turn my phone off, make sure no one is coming to see me. And I find a place to go where there's no one around and I just go and I just sit there for at least a couple or two or three hours. And I just make sure everybody knows I'm off the grid. I'm unavailable. I'm un- Yeah, I'm off the grid. I'm unavailable. Don't try to find me. It's very, it's very hard because you have to keep your mind focused. Sometimes when I know what I'm thinking about, what I have to do, what I need to do. And I'm like, oh, focus, focus, focus. It, it's, it's very challenging. But if you want to hear from God, if you want to spend time with him in a quiet place, it's just you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to make time for it. It is so worth that time and that investment of time. For me, it is very hard to just sit there. I'm a doer and I don't like to just sit. Uh, I have to be doing something. Mm -hmm. It has been a challenge and a discipline. But like you said, it's worth it. Uh, I find, and maybe you can add some other things, but I find that that it nourishes me, that it really does clear out my head in a way of, the stress that I take on myself, God doesn't want that in in our brains. He doesn't want us juggling all of that. And that solitude and that silence pushes all of that out. And oh gosh, the relief that you feel when that happens. What other things do you notice or benefit from when you've had a specific set aside time of silence and solitude? What are the outcomes, the benefits? Well, it's, it seems to help my health. You know, I struggle with health problems. And it seems to relieve some of the stress from the health issues. It helps that. And any mental issues I have from that, because I, I, I struggle with depression from the health issues. And so it helps with, with that and just everyday stress. Yeah. So from everything that I go through in that relation, it does help with that. So what has it taught you about God when you have time of silence and solitude? I know you mentioned earlier that he had never left you. Have you learned any other things about God during other times that you spent in silence and solitude? Yes, that. When his word tells you that he will never leave you nor forsake you, it is truth. And that he is definitely listening always. 
And if you take the extra time to seek him, he will bless you for it. When his scripture says, seek the face of the Lord and he will bless you, it is telling the truth. He will reward those who takes that time to yes, he seek does. him. So Yes, he does. If you learned anything about his character, his promises? Well, his promises are just unrelenting. They are, as, as his word says, they are yes and amen. They, they are always, you just have to stand on the promises. If you stand on his promises, tell him, don't be afraid to tell God, this is your promise. And I stand on your promises, God. And I expect you to fulfill your promise. He will do it. And, and showing your faith and your belief and yes. your trust in yes. that. A lot of people I found is so afraid of God. They don't know how to talk to him. You can tell him what you want him to do. You do it in reverence and holiness. But yeah, you can just talk to him like I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be so afraid of him. And so many people are afraid to say, God, now this is your promise. I won't, I, I expect you to fulfill it because I've done this. One of the things that has been challenging for all of us is that we're not good listeners. No, we're not. <laughs> no, I will be the first yes. to say that I am not. Um, I definitely am trying to improve that and trying not to think about what I want to say next so that I can truly hear what the other person is saying. But it is especially challenging when you are trying to listen to God, because while you were saying that that you should pray and you should talk to God, I find in solitude and in silence that I'm trying to spend time not telling him all the things that I hope that he'll do in my life, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to listen for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that? Well, in a solitude, when you're you know, sitting there quiet and listening, I spend so much time just listening. It's like, um, what's the scripture? Be still and know that I am God. I do that. And after so long, if I don't, get anything, you know, if I just, there's nothing, then I would just start to pray. You know, I start to, you know, just talk to him, you know, very quietly, reverently. And if I don't do nothing but praise him. Yes. During that time. During that time, I will do that. I try not to use that time to really ask for anything. Mostly I just talk to him, tell him how thankful I am praise him, just use that time for something like that. So I don't use that solitude time to really ask for anything or to tell him what I need or what I want or anything like that. I just use that to praise him and thank him and tell him how wonderful he is. I love that. I love that. I have found with solitude, that I don't necessarily have to sit. While I have done that, for sure, I enjoy nature walks, uh, going on a trail, looking at his creation, as you spoke about earlier. And I have found such 
benefit from walking and not putting music in my ears or a podcast in my ears or something like that. I can go over to the nature trail and 90% of the people that I pass have music or podcasts or something in their ears. And I'm not putting them down because there's, there's benefit to that as well. They may not have time to listen to music or listen to a podcast that enriches their life any other time. And that's fine. But I enjoy just going and not having any, any noise, any noise going in that allows me to listen and to focus as you were talking about. I wonder if you find benefit in, in moving while you're doing solitude, just because you're sitting in solitude or being in solitude does not mean that you have to sit and just veg. You can be moving. Oh yeah. No, if, if I sit the whole time, I'll go to sleep. I have to get I up. Probably would too. <laughs> I have to get up and move around. Yeah. I'll move around. Um, Depending on where I'm at, um, like you, I walk around, walk the trails wherever I'm at. Sometimes if um, if I have access to um, a sidewalk or what have you, wherever I'm at, if I'm on the beach, I walk the shoreline. Yes. Uh, if I'm at the lake, I walk around the lake, whichever, you know, depending on where it's at. So, yeah, yeah. But if I sit still for too long, I'll go to sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. I probably would too. So, yeah, I'm yes. not one of those and sit there and go, you know. So, yes. If you had to pinpoint one major benefit of solitude, what would you say that is? Closeness with God. It gives you a more intimate relationship with Him. You just know Him better. You, get to see all his attributes. I mean, it's just an all-around better relationship. And as you uh, used your example earlier about feeling abandoned, you felt him very near. And that is definitely one of the things that I experience when I'm practicing solitude is I feel him very near, sometimes to the point where it's like, whoo, that's just like, I can feel it on my arms. I know that sounds kind of bizarre to somebody who hasn't had that experience before, but it is kind of crazy and amazing all at the same time. I am just thrilled that you practice solitude because it's something that I enjoy immensely. And when you had said that you were interested in sharing about that, I was like, yeah, I would love to talk about that with somebody who gets it. As we close, I would love for you to share our tagline. Would you do that again? Yes, ma'am. When life zigs and zags, keep moving forward. Yes, ma'am. Risa, it has been so wonderful to spend these two interviews with you. I am just thankful for your story and all that God has done in your life and is continuing to do, and that you were willing to share about your strategy of solitude. So thank you, my friend. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I am so grateful to be here with you. Until next time.